This week on Making Contact. My name's Osprey Oreo Lake. I'm with the Women's Earth and Climate Action Network, and we're here at the march to represent women for climate justice because women all over the world are impacted first and worst by climate change and environmental degradation and are also leading in solutions. So we want to make sure that their voices are heard and their solutions are represented throughout this day and the week coming ahead. That's Osprey Ariel Lake, founder and executive director of Women's Earth and Climate Action Network, also known as WeCan. Working internationally, WeCan unites women to bring sustainable solutions to climate change and to build women's influence for environmental justice. Osprey and WeCan helped organize the Rise for Climate Jobs and Justice March held in September of 2018 with more than 30,000 activists on the streets of San Francisco for the largest climate action ever held on the U.S. West Coast. The march was planned to send a message to California Governor Jerry Brown's Global Climate Action Summit, slated for that same week, and attended by elected officials, business, and environmental leaders from around the world. WeCan also gathered hundreds for a women's assembly, where frontline activists spoke to a packed hall. Women Rising Radio and Making Contact bring you the voices of indigenous women activists who rocked the women's assembly. Their powerful testimonies were not included at the official global summit, but at the Women's Assembly, they spoke loud and clear. Weekend Executive Director Osprey Oriel Lake set the tone. I've seen too often how women have been told that their personal, emotional, or spiritual statements are too soft or inappropriate for inclusion in an analysis of pressing social and ecological issues. And it's one of the things that is put out to disempower women is to say that when we're speaking passionately from our heart, that there's something wrong with that, that it doesn't belong into these uh, big power spaces. And I think that it's really important we encourage each other to bring our passion because it shatters the patriarchy when we do it. So this is the time of women rising for the earth. We need to act now. The temperatures are rising, the oceans are rising, and so are we. Kathy Gentinel Kitchener is a poet and the daughter of Hilda Heine, president of the Marshall Islands. Kathy grew up on a string of islands highly contaminated from decades of nuclear tests carried out by the U.S. military on the island's indigenous people without their knowledge or consent. Now, her ancestral homeland is among the many island nations threatened with disappearance as the world's sea levels rise. In one of her poems, Kathy describes what it's like to lose one's land, one's culture, and become a climate refugee. I'm very fortunate that because of my performance at the United Nations Climate Summit in 2014, I've been able to enter more and more spaces and discussions on climate change using poetry and using my own personal experiences. And so this past summer, the Vatican invited me to write a poem for one of their first conferences they've had on climate change. And I don't know about you all, but I am not super religious. 
So I decided to focus on faith, faith in collective action and faith in our ability to continue to fight. And so that's what this poem is about. Lately, my four-year-old daughter has been full of questions, her mind a bird swooping to peck at every fragment, scavenging to name, provide order, find answers to her surroundings. This is my house. I am Marshallese and Samoan. My favorite food is fish and rice, she states, identifiers that steer her through the biting salts of an unfolding world. Her questions challenge me, teaches me patience of breath, of count to three, closed eyes, and yes, embrace her curiosity, give answers that are honest even if they are painful, questions I am sometimes unable to answer, like when we watch the news and she hears my conversations and I have to say yes. Some people do believe that children can be illegal, and yes, some believe that families do not belong together. I must admit, I am haunted by the images of the soft brown of a child's skin against the cold iron of a cage so similar to my girls after the cold of a swim, joyful trails of sand grasping the soft brown of her skin. And is this not scripture waiting to be written? That islands that have until only 2030 to be habitable will create more children like these searching for safe harbor. How fate awaits us in boats as well. How hate looks like willful ignorance and a nation that forgets its own settler history. Standing Rock activist Candy Mossett White is from the Arikara and Mandan nations of North Dakota. Candy has been an organizer with the Indigenous Environmental Network for over a decade. During an epidemic of environmentally caused illnesses in her community of Fort Berthold, Candy was diagnosed with cancer, one of far too many cases there. Her battle with cancer turned her into a lifelong eco-justice activist. My prognosis wasn't good. So my, I remember my mom crying and everybody being around me crying and me telling them it's gonna be okay, you know, like patting them on the back and stuff. And I refused chemotherapy, I refused radiation, and there was nothing they could do about it because I was 20. I could make my own decisions. And I wanted to have children one day. And that stuff destroys the good cells along with the bad cells. 10 years after that, they said I was legally cured. Um, but in that 10 years, I lost friends that had cancers that weren't even as bad as mine. So there are children walking around Fort Berthel today that are orphans because they have no more parents lost to cancer. This is in our 30s. And now we have babies that are being born with RSV, which is an upper respiratory symptom. And I started learning that this is all because of the coal-fired power plants that exist in North Dakota, which is the first onslaught. Every single bit of our over 11,000 miles of rivers, lakes, and streams is contaminated with mercury. So you can only eat fish that are this big, and you can only eat them once a month especially if you're pregnant, which I just so happen to be pregnant right now. <laughs> but it hasn't been easy. My daughter's five. I've had two miscarriages prior to this. And I blame it on the industry. I blame it on the water I'm drinking because after coal came fracking. And fracking has been going on full swing in North Dakota since 2006. Since the Halliburton loophole was passed in 2005, the Energy Policy Act, where they were able to 
make a loophole on the chemicals that they put in the fracking. It's like Hershey's chocolate. It's proprietary information. They don't have to tell what chemicals they're using, these companies. So even if a cow or a horse drinks water, that's frack water, and drops over dead, and you test its blood, and you see what's in there, and you know that's the chemicals the company's using, you can't do anything about it in court. And then came the man camps, and then came all these people from around the world. So what happened to the women? Violence increased. We started getting raped. We just recently found Olivia Lonebear, who went missing last October. She was found in the lake. We still don't know exactly what happened to her the night she disappeared and why she ended up in the lake. Add another one to the list of missing and murdered indigenous women because violence against the earth is violence against women. When that happens, we feel it. It's our blood memory. When we see them digging, just like at Dakota Access Pipeline, why were women running out there doing our war cries? Because we had to put our bodies on the line to physically stop this, which is raping and killing the earth. It is raping and killing us. We have a right to not only survive and thrive, we have a right to have our children survive and thrive. We have a right to be able to carry our babies full term. And we have a right to be able to have a voice for them when they can't speak for themselves. My daughter's not accredited to go into that GCAS summit, yet they're making decisions that are gonna impact her. This has got to end, and we've been saying it for over 500 years as Native nations, yet we're stronger together now because we see the strength in our diversity. Our sisters from the global south are connecting with our sisters from the global north. We're fighting back and we're saying we're not going to take it anymore. We're not taking your laws and regulations. We're going to put our bodies on the line. Are you with us? Tlingit tribal leader and eco-activist Wanda Culp honored the Women's Assembly and Mother Earth with a traditional Tlingit dance and drumming from her ancestral home in Alaska. I am indigenous to the Tongass National Forest of Southeast Alaska. My roots are deep in the Tongass, the roots that are threatened as most of the mighty pine trees are threatened too. Their roots are weakening through logging. All of Mother Nature's wild lions worldwide, just the same as my culture, all cultures are in peril, as is our world. The Tongass is 17 million acres of island-ridden, steep, craggy mountains, glaciers, wetlands. The forest canopy is only a portion of the Tongass, a vital portion, like the lungs. Throughout our time, we have had nothing but 
laws piled on top of us that do not benefit at all the people. Even the ones that were designed for uh, environmental protection has worked against us. None of it has been any good. In the 1980s, I became involved actively because of the clear-cutting you saw on our land. And we um, wrote letters to everybody that we could think of, from Washington, D.C., to our state government, to our native leaders. And we did make a difference. It wasn't only me, it was other people, too. It wasn't only the Tlingit people, but others made a difference in their voices. And in 1991, we had this law that was there to, designed to protect our forest. <clears throat> and uh, that is now, that law is coming under attack again by our own Lisa Murkowski. Our US Senator for Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, sneakily, sneakily collaborated with Trump administration in, in eliminating our forest protections by introducing two budget riders that would allow thousands of acres of old growth into the, uh, of the Tongass and Tujiak National Forests in Alaska to be clear cut. We went through this already. There was so, there was probably more public input in the 1991 law that uh, protects the forest in Alaska than any other legislation in the United States. People rose and fought against it. And now here it comes again. Everyone has to say something about this. Everyone said something already, and that's not enough for them. They're going to keep battling and pushing and pushing until we all die. But our children are going to be making sure that we stay in this world. Penny Opal Plant is a leader with the indigenous group Idle No More. She was instrumental in organizing women from around the world to sign the first-ever Indigenous Women's Treaty Defending Mother Earth. Penny leads healing walks around oil refineries in the San Francisco Bay Area. These actions bring together activists who are standing up to big oil. My activism started in the early 80s around nuclear weapons when I started having all of these dreams. And my family is also, we come from a dreaming culture. It's where we would sit 
and talk about our dreams every morning. And these dreams were very strange. It was this big voice going, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, and all these weird images. And I was like, well, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I never got an answer. It wasn't like a direct thing. So I was looking around, I was like 21, and I finally went to see Helen Caldicott speak at Grace Cathedral here in San Francisco. And watched the last epidemic and heard her words and saw the footage of the, the US government blasts and all of the horrible nightmarish things. And my eyes started to leak and they didn't, I wasn't sobbing or anything but they wouldn't stop leaking for four days and four nights. I went to sleep leaking, I woke up leaking, I went to work leaking, and I quit my job and I went to work in the movement at that time. And I um, have always had some fingers in making sure that the world is gonna be safe for all the babies. It's always been in my heart. I always think about all the babies. And so here we are at this time. I'd want to say a bunch of bad words about where we are right now, because <laughs> it can't be any more serious. You know, how many of us have been working for decades now? How many of us have been talking to elected officials? How many of us have been beating our heads against the wall of these regulatory agencies that only permit these damaging corporations? You know, so we, we we have a little thing where we get a win on an EIR, and then they go, the corporations go and they fix that EIR, and they take it back and they get permitted. That's the system that we have. It's all about capitalism and making the wealthy wealthier. And I'm done with that, aren't you? So yesterday, we were at Park 55 Hotel, shutting down the climate capitalist profiteers. Those people that are making money off the backs of the spirits of the air and the water and the soil and Mother Earth and Father Sky, and we need to shut them down. These carbon trading mechanisms are not the answer. They are destroying indigenous communities, forest dwelling people around the world that are being offered millions of dollars. And it's another form of colonization. They come in there and they have millions of dollars, millions. And the community gets divided between the people that have been seduced by the capitalist consumer society and the people that understand their original instructions and that if we take that money, how long is that forest gonna be there? Because the fossil fuel industry is doing everything it can to get the last penny out of Mother Earth's belly. And as it's doing that, it's destroying everything that we need to simply exist. So tomorrow, you're all invited, and I wanna see you all there. I'm looking at you, I'm seeing who's in this room. I'm looking at all of you. Tomorrow, we're going to be 
shutting down Moscone Center, where all of those folks are. Who's going? Thank you. After the Women's Assembly, hundreds of activists took to the streets to shut down Governor Brown's Global Climate Action Summit. Some risked arrest by blocking the entrance to the invitation-only summit. Penny Opal Plant spoke to why they were challenging the official gathering. So we are here in San Francisco at, at Jerry Brown's Global Climate Action Summit. There are UN officials here. There are world leaders here. There's big business here. And we are saying that we are not allowed in there. They don't allow us to be in there. Yes, they allow a tiny percentage of community people to go in, frontline community people to go in, but not all of us while they're making decisions that impact our lives around the world, especially indigenous people. I was just speaking with Javier Kinney from the Yurok tribe. His tribe signed a cap and trade contract without the consent of all of the people in the tribe. The women in his tribe invited us to come up and tell them about cap and trade, to, to let them know what that really means. They did not know, they were not informed about the, what cap and trade does to allow the fossil fuel industry to continue. They had no idea. That violates the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People for free and prior informed consent. So that is being violated. It's not okay. It's not okay that this is happening. It's not okay that the UN has been meeting for 24 years and California, Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia are on fire. There's a huge hurricane headed towards North Carolina and Georgia right now. India has been suffering from flooding. Japan has been suffering from that. We have to have new colors on the weather map now because of the climate crisis. We have to have new numbers coming up for the massive storms that are coming. We have places where people are thirsty because there's not enough water, where there's food insecurity. And this is just the beginning of the climate crisis. This is only, we're just beginning to see the results of what's happening by people inside these types of events that are allowing fossil fuel industry to continue. That's why we are here. Weekend's Osprey Oriole Lake was also outside the summit, calling for a new way of addressing the global climate crisis. Behind me, there are people risking arrest. Now we're standing here to say that we want climate justice, that we want to ensure that all the delegates going in, that the elected officials, that the business people here know that we have a different framework, that we want to see people and planet above profit and that these carbon trading schemes and the way that they're treating the earth as a commodity has to stop. These systems have not worked. 
They have led us further down a dangerous road of the climate crisis and injustice and environmental racism. And we now need to change course. So there are thousands of us here on the street right now to say that we want system change. We want climate justice. We need to protect indigenous rights. We need to protect rights of nature, lift up women and gender equality, and to fight for our land, our climate, and the uh, future of our children. and I'm here with North Bay Organizing Project, part of the ITR It Takes Roots delegation. What's happening right now is that we're part of an active blockade. We're trying to shut this uh, event, this summit down. Uh, personally, I'm here today because I'm defending my mother, my mother earth, uh, defending the rights of nature, the rights of our water. Uh, we can't afford for uh, the leaders of this country to continue to do what they're doing to us and to our children. And it's time for us to take it upon ourselves to make the change that we want to see. My name is Trey Vasquez. I'm an organizer with the North Bay Organizing Project as well, here with the Right to the City Alliance, and it takes roots. Right? We're saying no more false solutions. The GCAS and Jerry Bound are proposing the solutions that aren't created, aren't driven by people on the front lines, by communities of color, by working class people, by queer trans people, by women folks, people who are impacted the harshest by climate change. We want real solutions that come from community. We want alternatives to cap and trade. We know that's a lie and it's destructive to our community. It's costing our lives and it's costing the well-being of the earth. We're asking Jerry Brown and leaders like him to wake up and listen to the people. It's, it's now time to actually have us in the room to talk to us about solutions. Indigenous people have been taking care of this land for generations, and it's time to listen up. This is Lynn Feinerman, producer of Women Rising Radio, sending a shout out and special thanks to Survival Media Agency. During the Climate Summit Week, people showed up in the tens of thousands calling for bold, immediate climate solutions that benefit everyone on Mother Earth. Bravely, they rose up like the birds in Kathy Kitchener's poem about the Marshall Islands. So the questions that challenge me continue to circle around faith. Faith to continue to fight when hopelessness is so much easier. Easier, instead, to let reports of island apocalypse and malicious loss sink below the surface to the dark depths, dark places no one can reach. As I think this, I pass little boys on the corner, cloaked in the blinding white heat of another afternoon in Mejero. Cars swoop past, unaware of these two who slam scavenged green coconuts against concrete, shirts drenched, mouths wide open. They gulp down the sun, wipe their lips, glare at me for my staring intrusion. And in that instant, my phone signals an article, 600 people in Washington arrested by Capitol Police for standing against the whale's treatment of migrant families. And I am reminded, again, of the legend of the whale and the bird, how thousands of tiny birds fluttered across the sky, 
gulped down every drop of the sea, leaving an arrogant whale beached, thirsting, forcing him to admit that yes, smallness is a state of mind. And yes, an ocean begins with a single drop. And yes, maybe answers begin this way too. And yes, so too does faith. Thank you. And that's it for this Women's Desk edition of Making Contact, a collaboration with Women Rising Radio. Special thanks to Kathy Kitchener for the presentation of her poem, to all the speakers at the Women's Assembly, to Osprey, Oriel, Lake, and Weekend. Women Rising Radio's producer is Lynn Feinerman. Making Contact's executive director and event recordist is Lisa Rudman. And I'm your host, Sandina Robbins. Thanks for listening. <laughs>